Hey guys. Hi guys. Welcome to another episode of Red Flags and Rosé. I'm Megan. I'm Kaylee. And this episode, we just got some questions over the last week or so, and we were just kind of compiling some of them. Yeah. And we're going to answer them. It's a listener episode. Yay. Just for you guys. Um, And we want to try and do this once a month. Yeah. So if we don't answer your all's questions right away, that's why, because we're going to answer them on here. Um, Unless it's like super urgent, then we'll answer answer them. (laughs) Yeah. um, On the DM or whatever. But just keep sending them in and we will acknowledge everything you send. Absolutely. So do you want to go ahead and start us off? (laughs) Um, First question I got was, how's motherhood? So how is it? (laughs) It's good. It's very different. Um, I like it. I actually think I wrote down like the perfect scenario about it but I kind of said it's going amazingly with how terrible my pregnancy was um I definitely thought I was going to have a hard time adjusting to being a mom because it was the pregnancy part was very hard um and that's just with like losing your body realizing you have to take care of something else. I don't know, just a bunch of factors, but it has been very good. And I also think I am very, very, very lucky because Maisie is a fantastic baby. Like teething, allergies. I mean, this bitch had a fucking ear infection and did not like Mm -hmm. maybe fussed a little bit. And it's, you're just like, Oh, finally, you're like not happy, you know, not that I don't want her to be happy, but it's just like, it's very rare for her. So, I mean, makes me not want to have a second one because I'm like, "Uh, what if they're terrible? (laughs) But also the love that you have for a child, your parents are not joking when it's like, it's totally different than you have for anybody else even your spouse friends like everything it's all about her so that's my first question okay um my first one is really deep (laughs) um and of course I kind of want you to weigh in and I'll weigh in on the ones that I can relate to Mm -hmm. obviously I can't relate to the motherhood one so um Kyrie it's not the same. <laughs> I'm kidding. I won't even begin to pretend. For people who don't want to have children, I believe that that takes that place. But like, yeah, it's not the same for me. At least I I can recognize that while he is like my child. <laughs> but um, my first question was, is it fair to set boundaries and limits in a relationship where one of the members suffers from a diagnosed personality disorder and at times can't control the behaviors and emotions that are being experienced? Yes. Um, I think one of the biggest things that people seem to forget when they're in a relationship 
And I know this person in particular has been with their partner for over a year. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously this is something that they've been struggling with. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of people forget that it is always your choice to participate in a relationship. Um, 100%. So it is fair to you to set boundaries at any point, um, particularly when it is impacting your mental well-being. Yep. So even though they can't necessarily control the behaviors and emotions at certain times, um, I think it's important that you figure out if it's okay with you. Um, Are they exhausting all of their efforts? Are they taking the medications they're prescribed? Are they they going to therapy? Are they trying to implement coping mechanisms to help them? Are they communicating with you on what their triggers are? Mm -hmm. Like, are they doing everything they can? And then looking at you, like, are you going to therapy for your own things or to better understand them? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to go to therapy to understand them? Are you, you know, like you kind of have to look at it from all angles. Also, could someone else be in a relationship with them and treat them better than you are? If you need to be more selfless yeah. than selfish and look at it that way, I think it's important to look at it from mm-hmm. all angles. Like, But if it gets to a point where it is draining you and you all have done the things or tried, then you need to move on for yourself because you, and this is not to like put that person down at all because... I know everyone has some type of mental, physical ailment, something, but you can't hold yourself back because you don't want to hurt their feelings in right. the long run because that only hurts you. It's only going to hurt you, but it will also hurt them mm-hmm. still in the long run because you're kind of enabling one. You're enabling, but two, yeah. you could prevent them from finding someone who can help them. Yes. And, not necessarily love them better, um, but be someone that's more compatible um, to guide them through, mm-hmm. I guess. But overall, if they're doing everything that they can and you're doing everything that you can and you're still maxed out, definitely would say that it's time to move on. But to the question of is it fair, it is always 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 fair to set boundaries to protect you because it's like we talked about previously Mm -hmm. boundaries are not to keep people away from you it's to determine how close they can come so you're controlling how much they're going to impact you yeah and it kind of reframes it into a better mindset where you're not holding them at arm's length you're opening your arms but keeping that like that velvet rope in front of you where mm-hmm. you're like, this is where you can be before it starts impacting me negatively. Yeah. So, and I mean, ev- you have to have boundaries with everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, even your spouse, there has to be something. There's limits for everything. There is like, you can't be boundaryless. You're going to be fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you come first before anybody else even I as hard it is with a kid I have to put myself first you can't be for her yeah you can't be the mother that you need to be no so and I still have a hard time with that but I'm learning it's a process (laughs) but 
ultimately stay if you want to stay if you all are working on things and you're helping each other but if ultimately she or he is not giving you what you need and it's just going to hinder your growth as a person move on Mm -hmm. that's it yeah um the second question was what are your thoughts on micro dosing which is really funny because I have seen it. Um, A, someone I know personally. B, someone I follow on Instagram. And it's been all over my TikTok. Don't know why. But I have actually talked to Austin about possibly trying it. I don't know. Um, I know some people are doing it for anxiety and depression. I think that's their main goal that way they are not medicated with like Zoloft or you know something like that um but it's shrooms is what they're microdosing and the person I know that does it they are doing I think like 0.35 milligrams and only doing it every three days so and they said they've noticed a huge difference um, just with their mood in general. And they're like, I can still take care of my kids. I can still function. Like I'm not high on life, you know, yeah, tripping, but you are high on life. You're very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, it increases your creativity, your energy, your focus, um, is that something that they do before they're like in the nighttime or like before work? I th- think they do it every, m- the person I know does it every morning and then the person that does it every three days. Um, I think they do it at night and then it usually will get them through the three days and then they'll do it again. But you're taking such a low mm-hmm. dosage. And so my only concern I think, and this is what I was telling Austin about, I was like, my only concern is, is you're microdosing. So obviously you have to figure out for yourself what you need, like how much. What is the microdose for you? Yes. Mm-hmm. So then what happens when that dosage is not enough anymore? Mm-hmm. Are we full on shrooming every day? Eventually, you know, like. Or people stopping. Yeah, and then are you going to be up, go back to your depression or after you're like, well, I can't sustain this? Yeah, I mean, I've seen some things about people who do it in a controlled environment with like a therapist Mm -hmm. um, and it cures their depression long term. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily microdosing, but like a full trip with the shrooms. Mm -hmm. I don't really know enough about microdosing to pitch in on that but I do know that personally I don't know that I would do it because I have a lot of issues with being out of control of my body um Mm -hmm. so it would be something I'd have to explore and be in a totally comfortable environment Mm -hmm. because I don't know how I would react yeah um I've thought about it. So if I choose Mm -hmm. to try it, I will definitely let you all know. Um, But yeah, what's your next question? 
Uh, this one says, advice for getting over someone. I was, uh, of course, heartbroken over my five-year relationship ending, but I was just in a situationship for around six months and feel far more devastated. Um, so I know this feeling, um, and it's not ever fun to deal with the heartbreak, mm -hmm. but I think um, why situationships hurt so much more is because of the what if there's no closure where you're like we tried the relationship and of course you have what ifs in your relationship that ends mm -hmm. too it's like what if it went this way yeah. but with situationship a lot of the times you end up feeling like you're not enough you're not good enough to get the label you're not good enough for this if we would have tried it what would have been mm -hmm. there's so many things that are unanswered for you that it starts to just feel like um overwhelming Mm -hmm. Like in a bad way where you're like, okay, I'm just going to hyper fixate on this. Um, and I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast in the past, but there's this video um, by Alan Robarge on YouTube where he talks about how in your head people become kind of a totem for the pain that you have in the past. So instead of it being the pain from your father abandoning you or whatever mm -hmm. it's this person the love that you were craving from your dad this person was fixating or your fixation mm -hmm. because they were giving you that love and then your inner child's crying out for that love that person becomes the symbol for that love you fixate on the symbol so i think that that's kind of the thing where your mind just constantly goes back yeah. to that person and you're thinking about that person and I mean they've become part of your daily life likely so like your mind is just going to automatically mm -hmm. go there anyways and you have to retrain it to go a different direction well and sometimes too like you said with the what ifs that's big for, it's huge. for people especially with like how we work as humans with um, our ego that's the biggest you thing you know and like just are not being fully self-aware i guess um and it's just like why can't i be enough like if i could so the five-year relationship mm -hmm. you were enough for that five-year relationship so it's like i have so much to offer even though this one did not work out mutually which is fine mm -hmm. why does this person not see me that valuable right you know but you are but it's just like just how you went through five years of trying to figure each other out this one just took a little less time and no commitment and no commitment mm -hmm. and it's probably a good thing and it it's gonna hurt i'm not gonna downplay that hurt mm -hmm. at all because it fucking sucks but always try to look at it from the other side of just like you know shit happens and you all were not meant for each other at least not now you know who knows life throws fucking curveballs all the time i swear yeah yeah so literally never say never and it could come back around but as of right now where you are in your lives it's just it's not, not there it's not working and it's not worth it so be present in your day and do what makes you happy. I mean, that's... Yeah. It's the only thing you can really do 
because our ego is really the biggest reason why we can't get over people because we're like, why don't you see how great I am? Like, cause I think I'm fucking awesome. What is, what is the problem here? Like, and I mean, I know in my past, um, it's really frustrating when there's a person that you're like really not interested in at first and they work really, really hard to get your attention and you're like, don't even want to be with them. And then all of a sudden you want to be with them. Things are working. Things are Mm -hmm. great. And then boom, they're the ones that are disinterested. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) I didn't even want you in the beginning. Like how is this Mm -hmm. now turning into me being like devastated? Yeah. Like it it makes it like really hard because you're like, I was so wanted in the beginning and of course, I don't know this person's situationship, yeah. but I know it hurts almost worse <laughs> when you have the what if combined with the wait, you wanted me first. What the fuck? <laughs> so basically, just know that how you're feeling is valid mm-hmm. um, and don't compare how you're getting over one relationship no. to another ever because Literally you, every situation is different. Yes, it is so different. <laughs> One, two, you could have been grieving the death of your relationship for months before it happened and just been moved out. <laughs> like you're just checked out. You're ready to get into a new phase of your life. Same. So been there. you can't judge it based off of that. But also it's like that corny ass quote. People can make you feel in two months what people in 10 years couldn't. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing against the 10 year person. No. At all. It's just there are certain people who it feels like were created to be with you. Mm-hmm. And they make you, they just hit on every single cylinder. Like, yep. they're meant for you. So you just can't judge it that way. And also, goes back to your attachment style. <laughs> and it goes back to what that person's triggering in you. If they are giving you intermittent reinforcement, it's like a drug. It is literally like a drug. When you don't know if they're going to hit you back, when you don't know they're inconsistent as fuck, the only thing consistent about them is that they're inconsistent. When they give you that reinforcement and they're there and they want you and whatever, Mm -hmm. it hits so much harder. You're like, yes, finally the validation. All for them to pull the rug out from underneath your feet again. Mm -hmm. So you have to decide that you're going to move on because it's a situation shift for a reason. They didn't want commitment with you. And as big of a blow as that is to your ego, look at it as a time saver from Mm -hmm. the universe. The universe is like, you know what? We're going to cut this here. Let it go. Let go of it. Because I'm telling you, people think about you more often when they cut it off and you're like, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh Then when you're like, freaking out and mm-hmm. anxious Upset and desperate and when you're like oh okay then they're like what wait why are you okay with this it's exactly like maddie on euphoria when she's like i was gonna say no but why are you, you saying say no, no? <laughs> that's how they feel but what's your next one um how do you deal with inner healing while also trying to date slash be in a long-term relationship it's a good one. Oh man. <laughs> I think that's the best time. It is. 
but you have to do a lot of legwork before. Mm-hmm. But there comes a time where I feel like when there's stagnancy mm-hmm. in your growth, that's when you need a person to come in so you can start using the tools. <laughs> yeah, You need to start like, um, you learn best when you're baptized by hellfire sometimes. Mm-hmm. When you get in and you have to use the tools that you've been working so hard on. Literally, like... I'm still healing, um, but I did a lot of work before I met Austin. It's just like you said, now he is the person coming in and really testing. (laughs) Not in a bad way, but just like, have I really learned anything? Am I going to implement things that I now feel and or like morally, ethically, Mm -hmm. like, am I going to deal with? this and the same way I would have, you know, four or five years ago before I met him. Right. And the answer is no, but it's like (laughs) that tendency to go back to those toxic ways is always going to be there. Yes. Um, this reminds me of a TikTok I saw where it's this therapist. I'm sure you've seen him, but he says being with a partner that's good for you is not being with a partner that's not going to trigger your wounds. It's being with a partner Mm -hmm. that you're comfortable having your wounds triggered by so you can continue to heal. Mm -hmm. And there comes a point where you're going to get triggered still. You're going to get hurt by things still. And you have Mm -hmm. to communicate with that person like, Hey, like this is this wound that I have. Like I'm working on it. Yeah. This is what triggers me. Like if we can just take the space to work on it together. Like, you have to communicate it, but I thought it was so nice to put it that way where it's like, it's not about having a perfect relationship. It's about being with somebody that you're comfortable working on things with, Mm -hmm. and you see the value of working on things. And I've noticed this recently where the old me was so, like, easily swayed by love bombing because I'm like, yeah, of course you see how great I am because I am great. Mm -hmm. And now... I see it as a giant red flag as people who are healing and healed Uh do see it that way because they're like, you don't know me yet. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you think that I'm this way? It's like, there's red flags with you, buddy, Mm -hmm. because yeah, I know I'm that great, but you know nothing about me yet. Yeah. Besides texting. Yeah. And you're choosing at that point how much you're revealing. Mm -hmm. And I've had a better time letting them talk more and me listen more Mm -hmm. me talk about me less and then I remember what they know about me and then I can sit and watch what wounds are they still talking about from their past Mm -hmm. you know it when you're moving into a space of healing yourself in a long-term relationship you're wanting someone that wants to take it slow and Mm -hmm. get to know you someone that you can build with yeah so that's keep doing it yes. don't stop you doing have it. To do it you have to heal um just make sure the person that you're dating or you're with is wanting to heal also and wanting to help you heal and vice versa you need to help them it's not a one-way street yeah being open and candid about your journey can help them be open and candid about theirs as well it does so yeah what's okay. your next one Um, The next one is not really a question. This is just like a sweet kind of note. But I'll get asked a question after that. 
Um, but it says, just listen to the Apology Languages episode. And um, I've been struggling in my long-term relationship for the better part of three years. Listening to you all helped me to see that I can be okay on my own if he doesn't want the same things as me. Sometimes it is easy to get stuck and stay comfortable, but I can feel resentment building and I'm going to have a conversation with him soon. I just wanted you all to know that I felt very seen during this episode. And that was nice to hear um, because I think that we put a lot out in that episode. We did. We like there was a lot of emotion. Mm -hmm. um, And this is one of three messages I got about that particular episode. And it's also good that you all give feedback too, especially Mm -hmm. like from episodes telling us what you like, what you didn't like. I thought that was a good fucking episode, but I'm really glad they took something from it because I think everyone should have whether good or bad. Yeah. And I mean, don't let it be the reason why you end your relationship or something, but listening to that, if you're listening to us talk about that stuff and it's hitting a wound Mm -hmm. and you're kind of like, Oh, I want to pause this or, Oh, I don't, I don't want to listen to this right now. You need to keep listening. There's something (laughs) that hurts about hearing the truth Mm -hmm. and knowing that you need to move forward. Um, But I've found the more uncomfortable you are with hearing something, the more likely it is that you need to hear it. Yep. So thank you guys. And like Megan said, letting us know what you do like and what you don't like. It helps us create more content that is digestible, Mm -hmm. applicable, and enjoyable for you guys. Um, So keep doing that. Um, But the last question that I had is, um, I constantly feel like I just want to escape my life. I feel like I need to go on a vacation, but then when I take it, it never actually helps me when I'm gone. And then I end up coming back home to these same problems. How do I create a life that I don't want to escape? And I think it's hard. It's very hard. But it's something we're currently working Um, on. I think it's just like anything, whether like when we talked about the alcohol with the drinking or, you know, if you happen to turn to drugs and I'm not talking about marijuana because the hard stuff, the hard stuff. But I mean, even weed, too, can become a dependency to escape. But that's just like a vacation. It's just. That's also, as a society, what we're taught. You get these two weeks, choose them carefully. You know, you leave for a week and you're like, oh my God, this is great. I don't have to fucking worry about anything. And wherever you go, if you go hiking, for me, it's sitting on the beach. I get to enjoy my life and you you can literally, you get to see life for what it is and you can enjoy your day to day. There's no pressure from anything and it's just beautiful. And then you have to come back and you're like, fuck, I wish that was my reality. You know, like, and I know we have to work right now to survive. And I think that's, at least for me right now, that's my biggest trigger. That's the best way to put it. Cause like, I would rather be at home. And not doing nothing. I'd rather be at home taking care of my kid instead of someone else watching them and missing those memories and Mm -hmm. teaching her to garden or just going outside, enjoying life, you know. But 
and then just taking care of myself. I don't know. Yeah. But it's hard. And I know you are struggling a, a lo- little bit more with the seeing. I think you've gotten better, though. I think mine was more burnout at work. Yeah. Um, When I think about wanting to escape, though, I feel like, and this is not me talking like I'm perfect, obviously, um, but when you're trying to escape something, mm-hmm. you are, let's put it in the way of you are going on vacation and you're running away from your problems for a little bit. When you come home, those problems are still going to be there. So let's they don't say, just disappear. Yeah, there's, it's like there's water damage on the floor and you leave it alone because you just don't want to look at it. That water damage is still there. You know, it could collapse any day. That's exactly like the emotional decay inside of you mm-hmm. where it's like you have abandonment issues with your mom or dad. You have trauma from a caretaker abusing you, neglecting you, whatever. You have to face every issue that you want to escape head on and you have to hurt and dig deep Mm -hmm. and get into what you're wanting to run from because no matter how many times you go on vacation no matter how many times you get high no matter how many times you're drinking Mm -hmm. you are going to sober up you're going to come home and you're still going to have that issue Mm mm-hmm and it sucks. It's hard to deal with. It's hard to dig deep and reopen those wounds that like your mind has just totally blacked out your trauma from. But when you are dissociating in your everyday life because you can't take the reality, you're zoning out when you're not even like tired. You're just trying to like not think. There are so many things that you just have to start analyzing. Mm-hmm. Because I think this is where the biggest turnaround in my life happened. I started to take, instead of escaping through TikTok or escaping my life just on my phone, I was sitting there and I'm like, looking at my inner child. Why do I react this way? Why do I feel this way? Why is this Mm -hmm. my reaction to this? And then you look in your childhood and it's like us talking about being empaths. We weren't born that way. Mm passive aggressive families made us on high alert finding that out changed the game for me because then I'm like people's emotions aren't mine to like upkeep Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter you know Mm -hmm. so like my biggest advice for learning how to not want to escape is to start journaling start talking to yourself and your inner child and doing that deep shadow work Mm -hmm. so that in your daily life Um, You start healing yourself inside so you can start doing things on the outside that suck. It's like I was telling Megan this week. I worked so hard to do things that I don't typically want to do Mm -hmm. um, because I want a better life for the future me. Mm -hmm. I want it to be easier for me in the future. And it's like. Oh, so you're telling me that even when I'm a little sleepy, if I do something every day to clean and maintain my home, that I can do a brief cleaning on Saturday and enjoy my whole weekend instead of not doing it all week, having to do every bit of laundry. Mm -hmm. You're losing your whole weekend doing all of the tasks that you could just do if you were more present in your daily. 
well shit yeah there another thing to add to that is there's always going to be some type of conversation a thought um or just anything that is bogging down your mind or weighing on your heart Mm -hmm. let it go have the conversation with whoever it's with, mm-hmm. whether it's a friend, family, you know, um, get, go talk to a therapist for what, whatever is on your mind. Or like Kaylee said, journal, talk to yourself, do what you need to do. Because if you don't let it go and you don't get it off your heart and off your mind, you're wasting so much time of one, not being present two probably going over and over and over again in your sleep or you know you're wasting precious time of your life over a simple little thought or conversation that could be fixed like that and give you the answers that you need to move forward with your life and we've both been there I mean I know for me I'll overthink a conversation or there's a conversation that needed to be had with a family member you know, um, a couple months ago and I just kept going over it and I'm like, I did not want to confront them. And it was just like, uh, like it gave me anxiety. Them too. Yeah. We ended up just like coming up with the worst case scenarios, easiest fix. Literally. And after you have the conversation, it must've been great. So I don't know. Like, yeah, it saves you so much pain. I think the problem is, a lot of people don't want to confront the conversation they don't. because you're so attached to the outcome. Mm-hmm. You're so attached to it going a certain way. And you don't even know where it's going to go. But you, don't, you yeah. don't know. It could go better than what you want it to yeah. go. It could go worse potentially. But I've found that what helps me is worst case, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Worst case, this is how in my heart, that's the worst case. I cope with it. And I detach myself because you don't want to be held to a certain standard when people are like, no. give you that. It's your emotional response. It's your life. Mm-hmm. So you don't want them to like, if you don't answer a certain way, they freak out or treat you bad. You, however you respond, as long as it's not like, obviously like really toxic or, you know, abusive, yeah. it is valid and it should be heard. So the same should be given to other people. It's like if you want a relationship with somebody, for example, and you're in that situation, mm-hmm. this is a page that I took from Nick Vile's book. He is the only reason I really changed my thought process on this because he was saying, say what you want. Stop being scared and letting other people dictate. If you want a relationship with this person, tell them mm-hmm. be like i want a relationship with you if you don't want that let me know but i don't want to move forward yeah. with what we're currently doing if you don't want that mm-hmm. let them make that decision and let it go and you know what that's what happened with him and his girlfriend because they were hooking up and she was like hey i want a relationship with you if that's not what you want let me know mm-hmm. and he said no and she stopped talking to him And then he's like, whoa, wait. Mm -hmm. And then he ultimately 
wanted to be in a relationship with her and they've been in a long-term relationship now. So you don't know how much detaching yourself from that outcome can it's actually huge. get you what you want in the long run. Yeah. And I mean, it's taken a while for at least me to get here to this point, yeah. <laughs> like being able to do that. Um, I would say at least give yourself to about 25 for your, um, like your mind and your brain to develop that. fully to make those like yeah. emotional decisions correctly. Cause you're not going to do it before then. I can promise you yeah. that. Um, but start working on it and just quit letting one people that aren't you to society um, choose to tell you how to handle situations and or how to do what you want with your life. Mm -hmm. They're not the ones fucking living it. Yeah. Don't let them be like, oh, well, shouldn't have done that because that's not what I would have done. Yeah. Fuck off. It's like, who cares? Okay, cool. You're not the one <laughs> like, that was in the situation. Exactly. But that's also to say, don't let your fear and anxiety stop you from doing certain 100%. things because it's only going to keep you in the same spot. Mm -hmm. You are never going to get somewhere different than where you are now by continuing to do the same exact things. It's never going to progress you. I mean, you're looking at businesses like Kodak that were so major when we were little, but they didn't want to move along with the digital age. Where are they now? You know, Kodak's been left in the dust by like Sony and so many other. Just like Best Buy, not Best Buy, was Blockbuster. I mean, it goes the way of the dodo, as they say, because when you don't move with the times, mm -hmm. The only thing that's going to get you to that vision that you're you have for your future is by looking at what the best step is for you to take next. Mm -hmm. And is it scary? Sure. 100 percent. It's always going to be scary, <laughs> but you have to start doing things out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Say the thing that's on your mind, because nothing will help you more and be more liberating, even if you get the no you still did that like mm -hmm. you still said it and it doesn't mean that they you're not a good person or they don't want to be with you if it's the relationship aspect of it that's just not your person mm -hmm. and then guess what instead of fixating on it you get your answer and you can move forward yeah so you're not dwelling on it for weeks mm -hmm. or months or months and it can potentially ruin a lot of like family relationships friendships mm -hmm. when you're letting things fester in your mind and you're not calling them out true all right last question okay how did you and your husband handle the stress of a baby during the first year of marriage <laughs> um not well at the beginning <laughs> but that was the part, even with like the inner healing and the child where you have to come together and realize it's not about myself or him or even us together anymore. We have a child. Um, and that just puts a whole new strain on a relationship and not always in a bad way. Like it wasn't anything terrible, but it's just 
It's a lot. You have to learn how to maneuver your well-being along with your relationship's well-being and your child. I mean, it's like a fucking another job. It's a balancing act. It is. Um, But I don't think it would have been any different even if we had been married for five years and still and had a kid. I, cause I just think either way you bring a kid into an, a situation, it's going to bring out a side in both of you that neither one of you have seen before. Cause you react different ways when a kid comes in. Well, it's just like healing yourself. Yeah. Even when you guys are, it's just the two of you. You don't know how you're going to act Mm-mm. until you're in that position. 100%. But overall, it's been good. Um, he is a great dad. Um, good husband, but probably an even better dad. So, which is good for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm <laughs> because sure that takes your love for him to a new level, just watching him. Oh, yeah. And he loves her. Like, I don't know. He does everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I do too, but you know. I mean, yeah, but you see a lot of people praise fathers for doing the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see someone that wants to do the things, mm-hmm. you know, and isn't just showing up when he has to. Oh, yeah, um, we would not. We probably wouldn't be together right now if that's all he was doing. <laughs> Yeah. Just the bare minimum because the kid deserves both parents like equally like love, affection, playing with them. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a couple of things just because I had worked with kids before, like even taking early childhood classes. Like I know you have kind of a leg up developmentally, like stuff they need at certain ages, you know. And he's not there, so I just have to remind him. I'm like, hey, you know, just because she's crawling around or, you know, playing with her toys doesn't mean she doesn't see you sitting on your phone. Like, kids don't notice, but they notice. So I was like, if she's playing, why don't you get on the ground and just play with her? And all all it took was me saying it one time. It's just and it's been being fine. Present. It is. It's literally just being present. Like... And she'll remember that. Yeah. And I, you know, there's some days where we want to be super fucking lazy because we're just tired from the week. But I'm like, no. I was like, we need to get her outside or just something. Do something with her. Give her an experience. Take the dogs out. Even if it's walking down our fucking street, she just likes looking at the trees and laughs mm-hmm. the whole time we're walking. You know, just different stuff. So, but stress will probably always be there in some sort of way, whether it's bills or, you know, the baby or anything else. I think our last stressor, not super big, but big enough, was this fucking formula shortage that's happening right now. We went to three different Kroger's, two different Walgreens, and five different Walmarts. No formula. None of her formula. What do you even do? And we had enough for one more bottle. 
one. Um, we finally just went to, um, I think we found one Walgreens actually over here. Cause we were coming out here to captain's quarters for a dinner. So it was out here by you. Yeah. Um, and they just had the instant formula. They just had six of them. We we're like, well, we're going to make this work until we figure it out. And then my dad ended up finding, it was not what she usually drinks, but it was another brand that was just like sensitive, which same mm-hmm. thing. And he was just like, I'll order as much as I can. And I mean, honestly, we only have another two months of it with formula, but still I was like, oh, what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, feeding your kid is like top priority in being a parent um it's like keep them alive and feed them that's all you have to do well because someone was on there because i saw a thing on it about the like the formula shortage and they were just like well if they're old enough just feed them them to food i'm like it's like she already eats food bro you supplement with the formula yeah she's there's still things in the formula that she needs until she's a year old so i don't know spoken like true Probably not a fucking parent. Um, But yeah, other than that, just love each other, even on the bad days. It's going to come and go. (laughs) I was about to say, easier said than done. It is. Sometimes I just want to throw them through a wall, but it's okay. (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's going to be any time. Parenthood just adds a new aspect to the relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, another thing that I learned from listening to Nick Vile. <laughs> Shout out to him. We're just going to no, tag you and everything. Deadass, you guys he's good. highly recommend listening to him because mm-hmm. he's so wise. <laughs> but he was talking about how his parents always put the kids first when they were growing Yes. But then as soon as they started to have their own thought processes and like were kids Mm -hmm. going into adults, the parents' relationship came before the children. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, like to a certain extent, it's like if the dad was touching the kids or something like that's not it. Yeah. But it's they never, ever, ever pitted each other against each other. They never went against what the other one said. If Mm -mm. mom said no, dad said no too. It didn't matter if dad wanted to say yes. And they never argued in front of the kids. Mm -hmm. They never ever put the children and what the kids wanted over their relationship. So he said that seeing that model really shaped him and the way that he thought about relationships because he didn't see them ever talking down on each other, treating each other poorly, anything like that. So I think that's important to keep in mind is like, yeah, the kid when it's like the shaping years of them Mm -hmm. becoming a human and developing. They have to come first. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of be on the sidelines of your relationship for a little while. And then once they are in those years where they're like in school and, you know, Mm -hmm start to come back in yeah and rebuilding that relationship and focusing in it's on huge because partnership you can, you can also even see where most people's trauma come from 
even with their relationships with friends, not even with significant others, friends as a young age, how they see relationships at home is how they're going to mirror that in school when they're little. So like if they see the love, even when they're younger, Maisie, (laughs) even right now, like Maisie will see us like give each other a kiss and she just looks at us and she's like, huh, like it makes her so happy, you know? So don't, I just feel like most people's trauma comes from what they saw when they were younger. Cause sometimes parents don't think that way. And they're like, Oh, they're just a dumb old kid. They don't know anything like kids. know more than you think they're not stupid. I don't know. They're not. I mean, sometimes they're, but (laughs) they're stupid with their like emotional thinking, but they, they're taking it in. It's all getting absorbed like a sponge. Yeah. But a lot of trauma isn't from what parents do. Mm-hmm. It's when they're not present. Yeah. It's where kids feel abandoned. Um, so like my pain point is my anxiety and my anxiety is way better now that I'm treating my ADHD. But when I was younger and they would not talk me through it and set me down in front of a computer or whatever, that caused a lot of trauma because I felt abandoned Mm -hmm. to deal with these emotions. They're big emotions. So when kids feel like they have to deal with big emotions on their own, they don't have a safe place, no one to talk Mm -hmm. to. Those are going to be pain points for the rest of your life. I mean, that just is what it is. But, um, I think that about wraps it up for our listener episode. Yeah, that's all the questions we have that we didn't answer on the DMs. But yeah, um, thank you all for listening. Yeah, keep sending in all of your questions, stories, anything you want advice on, anything that you like that we're doing, don't like that we're doing. We want to hear it all. Mm-hmm. You can DM us at Red Flags and Rose on Instagram or email us at Red Flags and Rose at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, share, and rate and tell all your friends about us. Yes. And family. Please do. And also follow our TikTok at Red Flags and Rose. Yeah. But until next week, hope you guys have a good one. Bye. Bye.